Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Now I've been looking round and I've been trying to work out who has taken my chocolate. Who committed the crime? I've done a bit of investigating, finding out. And I think you... What? You are the guilty one. Come up here. You look suspicious to me. No, it's not me. Listen, when someone does something wrong, when we think they've been bad, we need to put them on trial. We need to find out if they've done something wrong. So I'm going to put you in the dock over here. The dock is like the question stand. And we're going to do a trial to investigate Kez Yeru. Now listen, tell me. On the morning of my stolen chocolate, where were you sat? On the front row. Oh, interesting, on the front row. And on the morning of my stolen chocolate, and every morning, who is your dad? Is it Gareth? Yes. Right, so Gareth's your dad. He bought me the chocolate. Mm, So you knew he'd bought me the chocolate. And then you sat close to the front so you could be near the top. I don't need to call any witnesses. I don't need to ask you lot if you saw anything. The evidence is here, isn't it? She was sat there. She knew Gaff was going to buy me chocolate. I am now going to become the judge. I'm going to decide if she's done good or bad and what the punishment should be. Let me sit in the judge's chair. <coughs> Kezia Rowe, you may not have chocolate in your hands. You may not have chocolate in your mouth. But on the charge of the theft of my chocolate, I find you guilty. Guilty. And as judge, I sentence you to your punishment, which is to buy me two bars of chocolate to replace the one you've stolen. No, no, Come with me. You know, clap, that was good. <laughs> do you think that Kezi pinched Tamar's chocolate? Hands up if you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, the scouts, you can guarantee the scouts. Do you think, not the scouts, that that was a fair trial? No, it definitely wasn't a fair trial. In fact, you probably saw, just as I did, there was a very old man who came and ran out the front and picked up the chocolate. It was Tim, our uh, ministry coordinator here, and we shall be dealing with him ever so severely in the staff meeting tomorrow. Just like Kezia was put on trials for supposedly pinching the chocolate I gave to Tamar, the true Bible story that we're going to look at today... um, talks about a time when some people put Jesus on trial. And they were asking him this question, who are you? Who is Jesus? So as we have our Bible reading now, I want you to think to yourselves, is this a fair trial or not? Thank you. The reading is taken from Mark 14, verses 53 to 65. It can be found on page 1021 in the Church Bibles. We'd love for you to read along with us, so please pick up one and follow the passage.
They took Jesus to the high priests and all of the chief priests. The elders and the teacher of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priests. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole of Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy a temple made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with human hands. Yet even the testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of a mighty one and coming on the cloud of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. What do we need any more witnesses? He asked. You have heard the blasphemy. Why, what do you think? They all com- commended him worthy of death. They, they, then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much, you four. It was nearly just two then for a moment, uh, but that's great. Um, If you want to get your Bibles and open them to page 1021, then you'll be able to follow along as we have a look at this passage. 1021, and it's Mark 14 and starting at verse 53. 1021, you can be finding that. Um, I think this report... Uh, that Mark puts in the Bible is there for a very important reason. I think it's there to remind us that people will always ask this question, who is Jesus? Jesus is always on trial. This morning, people will be deciding who Jesus is. All of us do it. All of us put Jesus in the dock. So let's do that now, shall we? Um, It's not the real Jesus, this. It's the closest I could get. There he is. So we're going to put Jesus in the dock. And we put Jesus in the dock and we sit in the judge's seat and we say, so Jesus, who are you? Who are you? Keep that in mind as we go on today. But let me ask you, do you think after reading that and listening to it, uh, that this trial that Jesus was on was a fair trial? Hands up if you think it was a fair trial. I didn't think we'd have any hands up. Of course it wasn't a fair trial. It was a very unfair trial. See if you can help me to work out why, or at least one reason why. What I'd love you to do, and you've all got your Bibles open in the right place now, is just turn to your neighbour or your mate or your mum and dad if they're here, and have a look at verse 55. Verse 55, 55. Um, And you can have a look at verse 1 as well, that might help even though we didn't read it. And answer this question, listen carefully, this is the question. Even before Jesus' trial had begun... What were the judges thinking? What were the judges thinking? Verse 55 and verse 1. What were they thinking? Have a little read of those two verses and chat to your neighbour. You can do it on your own if you want. You don't have to do it with your neighbour. If you don't like talking to who's sat next to you, that's fine. See what you think. 
beginning to look like maybe you've found out. That, I hope you spotted this. Um, before the trial has even started, the chief priests and the teacher of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. That's there in verse 1. And before the trial had even started, verse 55, they were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. The people who were sat in the judge's seat had already decided what was going to happen to Jesus. They didn't like him. They wanted to put him to death. He was prejudged. This wasn't a fair trial. Not only was it not a fair trial in that they decided already, it was an unfair trial because it was in the wrong place. This was just in somebody's house. It wasn't in a court. It was an unfair trial because it was the wrong time. Late at night, it would seem, where it should have been during the day. It was an unfair trial because the person who was in the dock, Jesus, had been betrayed by a bribe. Remember Judas and his 30 pieces of silver? That's what had ended Jesus up in the dock. It was an unfair trial because nobody was sticking up for Jesus. And in a court, you've got to have somebody sticking up for you. It was an unfair trial because, I don't know whether you noticed this, the witnesses, the witnesses were probably paid and bribed as well. And even they couldn't agree, verses 56 and 59. The witnesses couldn't agree. But, and this is the best bit. Uh, This is the bit that I like. This is the bit that I just love, actually. And I think it's the bit that Mark wants us to notice. That even with these really powerful people putting Jesus on trial, wanting him put to death, um, spending lots of money bribing people and making sure they try to put a really good case together, they just couldn't manage to do it. Do you notice that in verse 55 when you were reading it? The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they did not find any. When it comes to Jesus, how do you find the defendant altogether? Not guilty. When it comes to Jesus, how do you find the defendant? Not guilty. Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. They can't prove anything. When Jesus is asked in verse 60, are you not going to answer? What is the testimony against these men who are bringing this against you? Jesus just remains silent. He sits there quietly, verse 61. Because it's obvious Jesus is not guilty. Now, years and years before, God had told a man called Isaiah that he would send his servant, God would send his servant to suffer, even though he'd not done anything wrong, and his servant would stay quiet because it was so obvious that he was innocent. Who is Jesus? Well, I wonder if it's this suffering servant that the Old Testament talked about. Let me just stick that up to remind us. Jesus stays quiet. I have to be a bit taller for this one, really. The others don't fit in otherwise. There we go. Is Jesus this suffering servant? When it comes to Jesus, how do we find him? Not guilty. We'll see in a moment why that's so important. But there is one more question the judge asks Jesus in this court. It's there in verse 61. Have a look at it again. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Well, this is brilliant, isn't it? Because this is our question. Who is Jesus? He's asking him outright. Are you, are you the Messiah, the son of God? Let's have a very careful look at what Jesus says then. Verse 62. I am, said Jesus. 
And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Who is Jesus? Let's uh, go through the list here because Jesus tells us all sorts of things. He says he is the Messiah, God's rescuer king, the one the Jews have been waiting for for so, so long. He says that he is the son of the blessed one. The blessed one was God. He is God's son. And the people who were listening wouldn't have failed to notice the way in which he answers this question. He says, I am. Now, I am was the name that God uses for himself in the Old Testament. So Jesus is actually saying, in saying I am, that he is God. He gets even more into deep water now because he says, "Um, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Father. Again, in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, you find that the Son of Man is given, is the name given to God's ruler, the one who sits on his right hand, the one who's the boss. So Jesus is saying, he's the ruler. And then he says, and you'll see me coming in the clouds of heaven. This ruler, this judge is going to come again. And one day Jesus says, nobody's going to be in any doubt. He is coming. The coming judge. Who is Jesus? Suffering servant, God's rescuer king, God's son. I am the ruler, the coming judge. It's a long, long list. I wonder what that makes you think. We're going to be seeing in a moment or two what the people at this trial thought when Jesus said that's who he was. The people who wanted Jesus dead, the people who hated Jesus, hated him because he was more in charge than they were. He was more in charge than they were. And you can imagine the high priest sort of sat there as Jesus is saying all these things. He implies by keeping quiet that he's the suffering servant. Well, that would have got him a little bit puzzled. He says, you know, I am God's rescuer king. Rescuer king? I can imagine that the high priest would have got a little bit dischuffed by then. He goes on and says, he's God's son. Now he's getting really upset. This is a man claiming to be God's son. What's going on there then? And then he goes on. I am, he says. The ruler, the coming judge. Well, by now, the chief priest is absolutely fuming. There's steam coming out of his ears. He doesn't even bat an eyelid, not even a pause. And he says, that's it, the last straw. Verse 63, the high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need more witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? Who does this man think he is? I'm the one asking the questions. I'm the one in the judge's seat. No more questions. Just get rid of him. Which is what happens. Verse 64. They all condemned him as worthy of death. Uh, Then some of them spat at him. They blindfolded him. Struck him with their fists. And said prophesy. And the guards took him away. And beat him. We don't like it when somebody else judges us do we? When your mum tells you what you really like and when you've done something wrong, you don't really want to listen, do you? When your teacher says, don't do that, that's naughty. That's not good, we don't like that either. When the government who's in charge seems to push us around, well, a lot of us just say, get lost. We get all bolshy and uptight. They've got no right to tell me what to do. 
In fact, I wonder how you felt when you were singing that song. If you listened very carefully to the words, you were singing, Jesus is king, he reigns, he rules, all the sort of things that we've got on this board. Who does Jesus think he is to say those things? If this is who Jesus is, and if I'm judging him, then this might cause us a few problems. Just like in this 2,000-year-old trial, I don't like it when someone else starts to judge me. Jesus can't tell me what to do with my life. He can't tell me what to do with my um, free time. He, He hasn't got the right to tell me what to spend my money on. He hasn't got the right to tell me when I'm being good and when I'm being bad. I'm the one who's in the judge's seat. I'm the one who's asking the questions. And just like the high priest, when we begin to think about who Jesus is, we don't like it. So we say, not listening anymore. Let's just get rid of him. I think a lot of people do that. I know I do. We get rid of Jesus as soon as who he is starts to feel a little bit uncomfortable. But... And listen to this, because if you don't remember anything else, listen to this today. Just because we don't like who Jesus is, doesn't mean it isn't true. Just because we don't like who Jesus is, doesn't mean that it isn't true. And I hope today's little look in on this trial, uh, from the public gallery as it were, um, gives you a little bit of help when it comes to the time when maybe you are asking that question. Who is Jesus? Uh, What is he saying to me? I cannot be bothered to listen. Um, when you do ask that question, make sure you give him a decent hearing. Um, get, a, get a Bible uh, and check the first-hand evidence. I wonder how many of us have really read those gospel, um, uh, gospel um, accounts really, really carefully to see who Jesus says he was. Uh, and uh, not only make sure you get the decent evidence, get some good witnesses as well. Chat to a, a Christian mate who you trust Uh, Read the Bible with them. Find out what they think about it. Come along to uh, Christianity Explored or The Gig or uh, EFK or The Gospel Project. The interesting thing is when I do that, when I look at the evidence, uh, when I listen carefully uh, to the witnesses, um, something quite strange and unsettling starts to happen. And uh, Jesus starts to move. And uh, he takes his rightful place at this side of the court as the judge if I can stand him up right he's going to fall over there he goes uh, and not only does he come to this side of the court I end up coming over to this side instead of me asking who is Jesus Jesus starts to ask well who are you and I don't like it it's a very scary place to be because I know exactly what the verdict is But when it comes to me, how do we find the defendant? Guilty. You don't all have to shout that one out. It gets a bit unsettling otherwise. Uh, But that's it, isn't it? When I know that Jesus is looking at me, I find myself guilty. I am bad. I know what's going on deep down in my heart and inside my brain. Um, And the worst thing I do is I judge Jesus and I get him all wrong. If that's who he is, it's a terrible thing to do, isn't it? Jesus isn't guilty But I am. I don't like it when someone else judges me. So I dislike the judge. Just pretend he's not there. Don't listen anymore. Uh, uh, Just uh, uh, forget him. Ignore him. Or I I try and do a load of good things to cover up the bad things I know he's pointing out in me. But that's the worst thing that could do. 
Let me just finish by telling you why. It's a little bit like your mum's again. Um, you know we were saying when your mum tells you what you like and we don't like it. So uh, you were really nasty to your little brother this morning. You shouldn't do that. Or um, you shouldn't have spoken to that person like that. It was very, very rude. Well, sometimes we don't like it, but we know that our mums love us and they have our best interests at heart. We know that our mums would bend over backwards to help if, they asked, if we asked her to. And so we listen to what she says when she tells us what we really like. Well, we might not like it when someone in charge judges us, but if that person is the best friend that you could ever have, if they are always good and have your best interests at heart, and if they are prepared to go to any lengths to help out, then you would be daft not to listen when they tell you what you're really like. Let me just read a little bit uh, from Isaiah, this is. We talked about him earlier on, talking about the suffering servant. I think it's a, a verse that a lot of you will recognise, because we've done it as a memory verse before. Um, and, and you don't have to put the do bar bar do bar bars in or whatever they are. Um, but it's in Isaiah 53 and it says this. Uh, see if you can spot what Jesus does for us as far as Isaiah is concerned. Um, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the wickedness of us all. He was put down and punished. Yet he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. When it comes to Jesus, how do you find the defendant? Well, we said it earlier on, not guilty. But he dies like a lamb. I mean, what's going on there? Let me tell you. You might have been challenged a little bit this morning as you thought about who Jesus is. And you've realised that actually you're a bit of a spanner because you've forgotten who Jesus is. Uh, Or you've never realised it in the first place. If that's you, and it's definitely me then great, absolutely great. Because that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do as we read this little bit of the Bible. When it comes to me, how do you find the defendant? Guilty. But, don't ever, ever, ever separate this little bit of the Bible from that big story, that big history in the Bible. We've uh, a title for this little series, um, and it's uh, The Way to Somewhere. Does anybody know what it is? The Way to the... The Cross. It is. The Way to the Cross. Uh, This story that we've looked at today, in a day's time, Jesus is going to be dead. He is going to be dead. Uh, He is the suffering servant, the rescuer king, and he takes our place in the dock totally innocent not one bit guilty so he's able to take the punishment that we deserve for ignoring him for not listening to him how good's that it's brilliant well I'll only know how good it is when I realize how bad I am I'll only know how good that is when I realize how bad I am Jesus isn't guilty but I am And yet he died for me. Fantastic. Father God, we thank you for all you've done for us through Jesus, despite our flaws and our failings, our selfish ways and our stubbornness. Thank you that you sent him to die in our place and take the punishment that we deserve. 
Thank you that he, the one who was not guilty, was judged so that we, the guilty, can be forgiven and go free. Thank you that you long to work in us and for us. And so, Lord, as we go out now, we pray that we would know more what it means to love you and live for you each day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.